Measure M. M as in money, M as in moving around, passed handily with Los Angeles County voters, meaning that over the next 40 years, tens of billions of dollars in new sales tax money will make its way to rail lines and buses, to streets and freeways, to students and to seniors, all to build a better way of getting around L.A. Pulitzer Prize-winning writer Edward Humes has traveled the byways of transit issues in his book, Door to Door, The Magnificent, Maddening, Mysterious World of Transportation, and he's concerned that money being spent on transit's future may not be taking that actual future into account. Looks like Measure M has passed. It's going to put a lot of money into L.A. transit, light rail, tunnel connecting the valley, the west side, um, all sorts of things to make getting around town better. Is it really going to make a dent, do you think? It's a pretty huge uh, part of change and some really cool things on it. On the other hand, I'm looking at this the, the list of the rail and highway projects, and it really looks like something that could have been drawn up in 1980. It's, it's it's kind of old thinking about transportation, and uh, it's a little disappointing, really. So it's the idea of this that you don't think is keeping up with the kind of transit demands that we're going to be facing? It's offering the promise of fixing traffic, uh, of, of changing the way people get around in Los Angeles. And uh, as, as I think the Times editorial endorsing it said it would put it, uh, you know, help put an end to the soul-crushing traffic uh, we face here in the uh, greater Los Angeles area. And and I just don't think it's going to do that. It's a significant portion of it are the old solutions of adding lanes and expanding uh, limited access roads that have, have never corrected our traffic in all the years that we've tried to do it. You know, huge amounts of money trying to get out of it that way. And then you have the rail that has had no measurable impact on congestion that we've already built. What's the fundamental problem? Is it that we're not profoundly thinking differently about how to change the, the problems that we've created for ourselves in traffic? Exactly. I mean, we're just trying to, we keep doing the same things uh, over and over and expecting a different outcome. And not that there aren't really great pieces of the puzzle in the proposed projects uh, that were lined up for Measure M, um, you know, and some really cool ones like the, uh, the zero emissions uh, freight corridor on the 710 freeway to, to bring the goods out of the port complex without, uh, you know, flooding the surrounding communities with emissions. That's the, that's a, that's a forward-thinking development, but it's but it's surrounded by the same old, same old. But what's missing are the transformative visions that are necessary to get people to really change the way they get around. There was a survey done last year of, of transportation planning for the largest municipalities and counties uh, uh, in America, and something like only 7% of their plans even addressed the big changes uh, that have arrived recently in mobility or are coming soon, namely ride-sharing services, uh, automation, driverless cars. We know they're coming. There's nothing in Measure M that even addresses the, these transformative uh, developments that, you know, a 1980s 
lifestyle transportation plan wouldn't know to address. It's like we have, we're not acknowledging that things are changing very rapidly in the transportation space. We're just going to go out and lay down more asphalt and lay down more rails and hope for the best. It's not going to work. It sounds like there's a missed opportunity at a moment where we seem to be backing away from our love affair with the car, which may be as much generational as anything else. It is a missed opportunity. We now have the opportunity to say, all right, well, these projects are great, but they need to be uh, embedded in a larger vision for how we can transform transportation in a positive way. I mean, we should be leading uh, the country, if not the world, in how to figure out this this, uh, new ride-sharing phenomenon, the, the coming of automated cars. Uh, how we can use those to close that the inconvenience gap, the first mile, last mile problem that the transportation planners call that prevent so many people from taking advantage of mass transit. Of Meaning that, that it may be a mile from your house to the station or the line and then another mile from where it drops you off to where you need to be. Here in Southern California, it's usually multiple miles uh, for, for most people to get to transit. And it's a, it's a difficult barrier because it raises parking, it raises extra time and effort to, uh, uh, to board that train or that bus rapid transit line. And, and unless that's addressed, you're going to have all these pretty new rail lines, and you're still going to have the anemic ridership that we have now. Some of the ideas that you have suggested are things that government can encourage but not necessarily do. For example ending everybody's nine-to-five schedule, staggering the workday with major employers. There's, there's all sorts of uh, carrots and sticks that a municipality, a county, uh, or both can offer uh, employers. In an age where we all have smartphones, we don't need a lot of new infrastructure. We already have apps that tell us when we need to leave to get there on time based on distance and traffic. It would be inconsequential to to create an app that could layer in, okay, how can we stagger some of those uh, departure times uh, for most workers so that they avoid creating congestion? It it would be a such more affordable way than building miles and miles of very expensive uh, freeway and, and, and road surfaces to eliminate traffic jams. I'm Pat Morrison taking just a moment's break to remind you that the quality journalism we produce here at the Los Angeles Times, like this very podcast, only happens with the support of subscribers like you. If you're not already an LA Times subscriber, this is the perfect time to become one. As a listener to my podcast, you can get an eight-week trial subscription to the Times for free. It's a risk-free way to discover everything an LA Times digital subscription brings you, like unlimited access on your smartphone, your tablet, or your computer, all of our great journalism and those delish extras like Jonathan Gold's 101 Best Restaurants, which comes out this month. On top of that, you'll be doing your part to support our mission of quality journalism. So to start, just go to latimes.com slash pat. That's latimes.com slash p-a-t-t. And now back to the podcast. Another of your ideas, which I thought was pretty engaging, is that you turn carpool lanes essentially into big rig lanes, keep them out of the passenger vehicle lane. Well, carpooling has had very um, uh, mixed results over time. Uh, Something like half the number of people uh, carpool to work 
now than uh, 20 years ago. So it's even though we're adding carpoolings, we're not adding carpoolers. And uh, I, you know, again, it's an example of us just trying the same solution uh, and expecting a different result. Uh, dedicating those lanes, whether it's uh, uh, some of them to goods movement or to uh, mass transit, to to rapid bus lines, or you know, ten or fifteen de- years down the line, they could be virtual trains, automated buses that behave like trains, but they don't need rails because they have uh, in- incredibly powerful uh, robot navigation systems that let them act like trains. The only way in a in in a heavily trafficked place like Los Angeles to make a, an automated vehicle system work would be to give them their own spaces to operate in. The um, rise in home delivery of items, people don't go to the store now. They go online to shop, and the store essentially comes to them. And people think, oh, that's great. We're cutting down on traffic because we're not driving anywhere, but somebody's driving somewhere to get that stuff to you. In some locations, it's definitely adding tra- to traffic. It's not... Uh, subtracting it. And if you think about how most people shop, you usually don't take a trip to buy one thing. But very, we've now created this uh, online system where there's no penalty for just buying one thing and having it shipped to you because, well, you can get free shipping. It's, but it's incredibly inefficient. UPS is one of the major carriers that delivers Amazon goods. Their original business model was to deliver from business to business. You take a truckload of goods, bring it from a warehouse or a factory, and deliver it to a retail location or a distribution center. And now that same truckload of goods in the new model has to go on 120 different stops before, 120 different trips before all those goods are delivered. So it, it adds to the inefficiency of the uh, movement of goods, and, and that means adding to traffic. idea of a more localized lifestyle. Some people do it by choice because they can bike and walk. And we may find our hand forced in Los Angeles that you live a localized life because it's impossible to do anything else. Well, you know, that wouldn't be entirely a bad thing if if, uh, life became a little more localized here. Uh, Yeah, I think um, I read in the uh, uh, mobility 2035 plan that uh, uh, the city of Los Angeles produced that they looked at all the trips people take in Los Angeles and you know half the trips we take on any given day are under three miles and uh, and yet 85 percent of those or 90 percent of those short trips will do in a car um, so you know there's many trips we take that we really don't need to get into our cars for but we just kind of have gotten into the habit of doing so that contributes to traffic jams as well as much as anything else. And uh, there's an opportunity, uh, perhaps, for for encouraging people, maybe with better pedestrian and uh, bicycle facilities, which are also in the Measure M package, uh, to, to consider uh, taking some of those shorter trips outside their car. Do you think our attitudes toward public transit are changing in the course of all this. I think I think rail has a more lustrous image, but you know most people who take public transit in 
in Los Angeles are, are, are taking a bus. Uh, and that's that's an important link in the, in the fabric of, of of how many people here get around, and that has that's getting some some love in in Measure M plan as well, and that's a good thing. Of course, we're funding we're funding all this with a sales tax, which is the most regressive form of taxation we could possibly yeah. use for transportation. So those same bus riders are, are you know paying paying a higher share of their income uh, in the form of this tax than than others demographics in the cities. And then we also have the unknown of what the feds are going to be doing in the next uh, the new administration. Uh, a lot of these projects are going to depend upon federal funding to supplement uh, the Measure M funds. And who knows how, how that's going to spin out. So if you were building something from scratch again, what would it look like? I would envision a, a plan where that, that first mile west mile problem we just talked about is eliminated by uh, automation, and you, know, you take your public transit card or account or you know, smartphone app and a ride. Maybe it's a shared van or some kind of other uh, short-range electric vehicle would, would pick you up and drop you off at the mass transit station, and uh, off you'd be whisked to uh, wherever you needed to go if you were commuting to work or or, or leaving town or whatever, and you would uh, have the option of. Uh, having a similar accommodation on the other end, or maybe it would be a bike share or uh, a safer pedestrian access to the uh, transit between where you get off and where you need to end up. All, all of that could be part of a single app, single payment system, a single fare uh, that would really be transformative in terms of uh, reducing car traffic and and reducing emissions making our system more efficient and more affordable. You know, we're talking about shared fleets of vehicles rather than individual car ownership at that point. And that's a big ask now, but that's the kind of thing that we should be planning for for the future. You have hopes for Measure M. What are your fears? Uh, my, well, my fears. I, I, that, we, that it does not become part of a more um, forward-looking vision of, of transforming how we get around in Los Angeles. I think one of the most transformative things that uh, we can do uh, and doesn't depend on uh, the vote of the people or the vision of our leaders is finding ways to to take those short trips we take. Maybe it's getting your, your kids to school in the morning or uh, walking to the grocery store. You know, just do it on foot. Americans, not just Californians, but Americans walk less than almost any other people on earth, with the exclusion of the Amish who... <laughs> Who walk more than uh, than the average American, but the rest of us are, are, don't even walk enough for it to to, to be healthy. So, uh, walking your kids to school maybe is one of the best things that you can do to reduce traffic, uh, boost health, and 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 just take a breath and enjoy that time with your family. That's what uh, you know we've done here, and we now that our kids are you know walking themselves to school. Uh, we're walking ourselves uh, around our neighborhood and uh, to our stores more than we used to. And it's so when I say take a hike, you take it kindly. Take it. Take it literally. Edward Humes, thanks. Always a treat to talk to you. Oh, my pleasure, Pat. Souls accused of hit and run.
Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's edited and engineered by Todd G. Levin. The music is Expressway to Your Heart by Soul Survivors on the Crimson label, Walking in L.A. by Missing Persons on Capitol Records, and Crosstown Traffic by the Jimi Hendrix Experience from Reprise Records. I am Pat Morrison. Thank you.